0: Welcome to the Candid Care Podcast, brought to you by M3. I'm Sarah Kukula, Director of Senior Living and Social Services at M3.
1: And I'm Marlia coiler Grayhack, Risk Manager at M3. Each episode of the Candid Care Podcast promises to challenge your current thinking about the long-term care industry and introduce concepts to improve your organization and advance the field. From executive risks to key strategies, we'll approach each topic from multiple angles, and invite leaders with unique perspectives to join in the conversation.
0: Please be advised this podcast and the recommendations throughout are not intended as legal advice and should not be used as or relied upon as legal advice. This podcast is for general informational purposes only. Today, we have with us Lisa Luchtemeyer, Senior Counsel with Hush Blackwell, Lisa assists clients with health system operational and governance issues, licensure questions, and other regulatory compliance matters. And before her time with Hush Blackwell, served as in-house counsel with two leading national health systems, so she very much understands operations from the provider's lens. We're excited to have you. Hi, Lisa. Thanks for
1: joining us today. Hi, it's nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, you know, I, I think as Marlia and Ari think about ESG and think about the benefit it can bring to some of the groups that we work with in the healthcare and human services industry. We're certainly interested in your perspective to talk a little bit about what is ESG? Maybe let's start there. What's the baseline and how it pertains to specifically the healthcare and human services industry? Maybe let's start there before we dive into benefits of having an ESG. Can you define it for
2: us? That sounds great. So ESG is, of course, an acronym that has been thrown about quite a bit recently. And it essentially stands for environmental, social, and governance factors that companies can take into consideration. They're used to evaluate sustainability and the ethical impact of a company or an investment. So I'll get into a little more detail with respect to those specific words and what they mean and then how they impact healthcare companies, environmental just refers to a company's impact on the environment. So how the company uses resources, its impact on pollution, its waste management. Do they implement sustainable practices and demonstrate a commitment to minimizing their environmental footprint? So social, and this really is of particular importance to I think folks in the healthcare industry, refers to a company's impact on society and how it manages those relationships with not only its patients who are customers, but also their employees, their suppliers, and their overall communities. And so some examples of that could include labor practices such as diversity and inclusion, human rights, uh, and I can get into more detail on that later, community engagement, product safety, And does a company really try to create positive social outcomes and address social risks? And then finally, governance refers to the governance of a company, so how it's managed and governed. So does that company have an effective corporate governance practice in place? Does it minimize conflicts of interest? So that could focus on the structure of the board, executive compensation, transparency and accountability. And so with respect to healthcare, many organizations are already implementing ESG strategies. They just may not know about it because a lot of them probably align with the mission of a lot of our healthcare organizations. So for example, with respect to environmental factors, we know how much waste, medical waste there is. So is there proper waste management for a lot of these organizations? Are they trying to reduce their water and energy usage, which could save on costs ultimately for that company. In addition, they may consider the environmental impact of their supply chains. So how medications and equipment are sourced and disposed of at the supplier level. The social component of ESG is really relevant to healthcare organizations, and that's ensuring access to quality services. Promoting patient safety, maintaining privacy and data security, which obviously healthcare organizations are required to do under regulations, but it's also a good thing to do at a social level, providing social support for patients and their families, addressing poverty and inequality for patients and their families, and also protecting vulnerable populations, which our organizations deal with on a daily basis. And then finally, governance for healthcare organizations includes effectively managing that patient data, regulatory compliance, like I mentioned earlier, and then responsible management of funds, which a lot of our organizations are responsible for uh, managing patient funds, and then effective oversight of those programs and services that they're providing to their patients and families.
1: I appreciate how you just wrote that down because the one comment that I focused on is that our clients are probably doing a lot of this already. It's just about almost how you're presenting it or capturing that and sharing that with your respective stakeholders or audiences, right? So thank you for that. I think that's a really good insight because it doesn't make it feel like such a heavy lift.
2: Correct. Yep. Yes. And like I mentioned, a lot of this already aligns with the missions of a lot of these organizations. So they just need to take a second look at what they're already doing and determine, hey, does this have a social impact? Does this impact the environment or how is our board governing in alignment with these factors? So essentially what you're saying,
0: Lisa, is that ESG is maybe more than just a buzzword that people are hearing on the news and on podcasts and <laughs> all of that. And I think where we foresee maybe some pushback with this is ESG is not necessarily a requirement at this time, maybe for more of that larger corporation publicly traded. From our perspective, we work with a lot of nonprofit agencies. So what you're saying is there is an argument behind the potential business strategy to embracing
2: ESG. Is that fair to say? Correct. Yes. And like you said, there's been a lot of buzz around ESG lately in the news, and you read about it almost every day. So one reason that organizations may want to consider this as a business strategy is that investors and other stakeholders are interested in a lot of these topics. They're interested in sustainability. They're interested in the ethical considerations and business practices. And with respect to investors, they consider ESG when they're assessing a company's long-term viability, risk management, their potential for sustainable growth. And a lot of financial institutions and investors also incorporate that ESG criteria into their investment decision-making processes. And in addition, um as i mentioned a lot of these factors impact patients and their families they have a direct impact on that that can affect customer satisfaction that can impact reputation in the community so not only considering these factors and implementing them but also ensuring that the public is aware that you're taking these steps and not necessarily calling it esg the buzzword but just publicizing to consumers that these companies are taking these steps to mitigate social inequities, helping patients and their families, and that the board is actually backing all of these efforts up can benefit companies. I think to add on to that point to the conversations that Sarah
0: and our team are having with insurance carriers on the liability side, is this can really be a strategy from a defensibility side of things for liability claims, like exactly what you're talking about as far as evidencing how this organization is out in the community. How are they giving back their employment strategies, their human rights? This is all part of that defense strategy, which this will be probably for another podcast. But when we talk about reptile theory and juries and and public (laughs) safety feelings, this directly goes right along with that. So I appreciate you saying that.
1: Yeah. And I think just to further elaborate, Lisa that one of the things that I think maybe be easiest to digest, if you will, is workforce. I think as our senior living clients, as an example, just to carve them out specifically from a healthcare group. One of the things that I've heard come up in recent improvement efforts, even retention, dare I say, is employees are Possible future employees are asking about this. What is your stance on? Maybe it starts with the EI, but it might be broader than that. They might dive into the environment or social justice issues, et cetera. Do you have any thoughts or considerations in that? Uh, Ralph, with regards to workforce, what you're seeing, how healthcare and human services organizations can best prepare for those questions as they come up?
2: Sure. And as I mentioned earlier, ESG in the workforce really focuses on promoting fair and inclusive practices within the organizations. And so many companies are already implementing some of these practices. So many of the organizations you work with may already have some of these practices in effect. That could be diversity and inclusion, like you mentioned, uh, but also equal employment opportunity practices. Fair and non discriminatory hiring practices. We know that a lot of these organizations, if they're receiving federal funds, are required by law to state that they are implementing certain practices, but it's good to make those practices known to potential employees. Also, fostering a respectful and safe work environment. Healthcare workers want to know that they can come to work and be safe. Other initiatives that have become more common since the pandemic include programs that promote employee well-being, work-life balance, engagement of employees. So like you said, it also includes not only just focusing on the employee themselves, but also labor rights, human rights, compliance with ethical and social standards. So it's important for organizations to make their values known to their potential employees as a recruiting effort. Thank you. I love that. I think,
1: Marlia, one of the things that you and I have talked to our clients about, and Lisa, we're going to ask this loaded question here of you, but um, if I'm a healthcare human service organization and I want to get started, what do you suggest is my first step?
2: So the first step, and it really is with as you do with any policy or procedure. And it's look at what initiatives you already have in place. Like we mentioned, a lot of these companies and organizations are already implementing a lot of these initiatives. Do a self audit. The company should look at itself, see what policies are already in place, what practices are already in place, and then where those policies and practices can be improved. And prioritize the most significant issues for the company. So, look at the company's mission and vision, identify what is most important, and start from there. Then, I recommend engaging with stakeholders, not only the leaders of the organization, but also the employees, the customers, patients, their families, investors, suppliers, and community members to understand what those expectations are. That can help inform the priorities for the organization? And then finally, based on all that information, setting goals, what are some clear goals that align with the mission and vision, those expectations of the stakeholders and that are manageable for the company to start with?
0: I think too, from what we see and work with our our clients very frequently is that governance piece, so the G. And in my mind, I think That piece really needs to be in place and solidified before you start going into these other realms as well. I feel like that's a good place to start. And we talk a lot about corporate compliance. So making sure that is at least in place and in a good productive spot before even trying to wrap your arms around all these other items too. So again, like you said, starting small with what you're already doing or maybe with what you know you should be doing and then really tightening that up too.
2: Agreed that makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah. Super helpful, Lisa. We so appreciate the thoughts that you shared with us today and your insights, given your respective expertise. We're excited to continue to talk to our clients about ESG and looking forward to what this looks like a year, two years, three years from now. So thank you very much. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for listening to the Candid Care Podcast brought to you by M3. M3. Connect with us at mfreeins.com for access to more resources, insight, and to join the conversation.